Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! No game for Manchester City this weekend because of the winter break, but no shortage of news. Owen Hargreaves, Carlos Tevez, Freddie Vasselli, Terry Cook, Tony Coton, Peter Barnes, John Gidman, Dennis Law, Wynn Davis, Billy Dale, Billy Meredith and Frank Buckley. They're the players that, according to Transfermarkt, have moved directly between City and United. I don't really know about staff members. I assume Brian Kidd is one of them. But either way, you can now add Omar Barada to that list as well. What does that mean? What does any of it mean? Let's all find out together. This is Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is The Athletic. City correspondent Sam Lee, hello. I thought that was a list that all city, well, all proper birds have to know <laughs> off by heart. Well, quick, when you said transfer marks, you ruined it. Yeah, well, I had to Google it when we got when we started getting names from the 30s. I had to, uh, I just had to Google it. But um, a quick disclaimer: uh, I've almost certainly missed players who have moved directly between City and United there because I did it late last night. Um, and I also know that some aren't strictly speaking true because um, Tevez was on loan at United, wasn't he? So he doesn't officially count as a transfer between the two. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and Hargreaves was uh, released at the end of his contract and then City signed him on a free. So it's like not a direct move between the clubs as well. But it, it was just a silly intro. That's all it was. It was. I think we're getting bogged down in the details. Here, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about Omar Barada's decision then, Sam, because uh, he resigned from his role as the Chief Football Operations Officer at City and uh, will mm. become the new Chief Executive at United. Um just run us through it then in the grand scheme of things. What does what does that mean? What like what, what does that mean for the two clubs? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think the fact we are doing this is be, uh, this is in this podcast is because he's he's gone to United. You know, if Omar Barada had gone to another club or like gone to like Google or Apple or something, IBM, we'd be we'd we'd just go oh, okay, and you'd think well that's interesting because thought he could have been taken over from Cheeky, maybe even taken over from Soriano, because he had a, a foot in both camps, didn't he? He was that he was the the kind of money and sponsorships guy initially, but then became more football side as he as he went through at City. Um and then you think, okay, well when it's when it comes for those guys to leave, then that's interesting. But I don't think it would have been podcast worthy because it would have been, oh fine, well, 
Yes, as long as those two main guys are there. And in my opinion, as long as Guardiola's there, because you could have a great structure, but if the results on the pitch aren't going well, then no one cares about your structure. You know, it's Guardiola that's made everything look amazing. It is a very good structure, but you don't get universal recognition for that unless you're winning. And for me, that's because of Guardiola. Obviously, look, Guardiola came in partly because of that structure and the you know the players they signed do, do go through a process but it's it's Guardiola that's added that that extra layer um but because he's gone to United it becomes a, a big story um I've written a piece for the athletic because I was away I was away um all weekend like last Wednesday night we booked like a last minute weekend away to to Barcelona so when I got back I just had to write an article on like the impact for City and it so you ask about the impact for both clubs. It's it's big for United because they've got somebody who's very experienced, very good, very popular, very well thought of, you know, very capable. Yeah, yeah. You know, pe- people around it and with knowledge of it and knowledge of him and saying, you know, this is the best appointment they've made in years, like maybe on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, so for them, it's really good. Um, but the article I've written, and apologies for this mental image, is I've compared it to as if United had signed Ruben Diaz. Now, if United signed Ruben Diaz to play centre-back, obviously... You think, well, not as chief executive. (laughs) No, but you know, give it a go. You could imagine it, couldn't you, actually? Um, (laughs) But United, who's United's best centre back at the moment? That's a a question that I don't know. Does anyone know? Does anyone know? And like, would Ruben Diaz improve that? Yes. So it's an area of neglect at United for years. They've signed somebody to make a big impact to that. Okay, huge coup for them. Can't get away from it. The fact that they've kind of got one over on City as well will add into that and adds into this whole story and, again, probably why we're doing this podcast and why it's been talked about quite so much. But what would the impact be on City? wouldn't be great, but they've got centre-backs. They've got great centre-backs. They'll just carry on. And whether whether it was Diaz you wanted to use for this analogy or basically anyone, really, because we always make the point about... You know, if City have got an injury, they normally move things around. You know, this whole season, part of the issue is they've had so many injuries to one particular type of player that it's made things harder for them. But they're still what, two points off top or whatever it is. Maybe with the Liverpool result at the weekend, it's it's five. five yeah, it's five with a game in with hand. Game yeah. in hand. Yeah. So it's like they're, they're still, you know, they, they can still come up with this. So, so I, I I do think it's a good analogy, apart from having to make people think about Diaz playing for United, which I'm sorry about. <laughs> The, I do the, think it's a good question, analogy. Like, yeah. It's a big thing for United, but just because it's a, like a big coup for United, it's not an equally sized blow for City. It's yeah. a bit of an annoyance. And I think where it becomes interesting is when it does come to, to Cheeky and or Soriano leaving, which is obviously, it all goes hand in hand with Guardiola, doesn't it? Like If Guardiola and those two guys were to go all at once, you think, Jesus Christ. Like You can have a good structure and you can make contingency plans, which they have done for Barado and everyone so if somebody were to leave they can go okay well we'll do this this and this you do this you do this you do this and it's fine there's no big like gaping hole in the interim but obviously if they were to all leave at the same time that would be as close to a disaster as you can get yeah for, you know football operations wise I'm going to say something completely horribly corporate but you'll know what I mean um it, it's it's the idea of having to onboard new people like when everybody else is new as well like it yeah. just that well, that just that yeah. causes a problem. Well, like if you if you bring in somebody new in while you've got like the three other positions full of experience, then you're going okay. Well, these guys can kind of talk you through it in the early stages. If if everybody's learning the say the the new roles at the same time, it then yeah. becomes a problem. Well, yeah, it's a double edged sword, isn't it? But it's like um, Walker and Bernardo possibly leaving in the summer. 
It's like you can't let the you can't let those guys go. You can't have that much of a brain drain, which is obviously you would have with in this hypothetical scenario of Pep, Cheeky, and Soriano leaving at the same time. But then also you bring in the replacements, and like they could have replaced Walker and Bernardo with like great players, players that everybody thinks is amazing. But like when you've already bedded in others, you've lost Gundogan already, you've lost Mahrez, you've lost that kind of experience. Like it, it's just not ideal. So look, City have worked very hard to try to ensure that that won't happen. Obviously, they did with Walker and Bernardo. You know, they bent over backwards for Walker, and then with Bernardo, you know, I'm sure there's that buyout clause, just purely to be like, look, just give us one more year. We really, really, really need it, and then you can go. Then it's all in writing, and you can go. And you can't ever guarantee it because you know maybe Cheeky and Soriano walk away anyway. You can't refuse people like the opportunity to to have Change freedom in the workplace. Yeah. Um, but you know they are set up for that. Um, as far as I know, you know there's no there's no inkling of like cheeky going certainly like now or you know in the summer or whatever. Um, but also, even just reading between the lines, if Barada's gone to you know going going to be the CEO of United is obviously a big deal, and then you've got the the dynamics of moving from kind of a number two to being the main guy, and I think he's always wanted to do that. Um, so look, maybe he wanted to just go and do this anyway, and there's there's other reasons for it. But it kind of suggests that he's had no inkling that the top jobs are going to be available at City anytime soon. You know, yeah, again, yeah. you can't rule it out. Maybe he's gone to United because you know it, that's just what he wanted to do, and he knows again hypothetically that Soriano is going to leave in six months. But it doesn't matter. He wants to go and build something at at United rather than just continue it at City. But it does kind of suggest that there's no even like time frame on it. If I wait 18 months, then I can have this job or that job. Um, but yeah, so I do think the implications only really come further down the line. And also like t- talking about off-pitch stuff like this is like, fuck, you know. Like, <laughs> it's, it's on, it, it is on the pitch, which makes the biggest difference. But obviously, again... At United, it is important and it is worth talking about stuff off the pitch like this because they need these kind of hires. They need these figures to improve everything at the club so that you would think like the the on the pitch would improve. And that's what people have been saying for years, and I think, you know, rightly. Um, because obviously they've spent loads of money, but it's just not been directed in the right place. I've, I mentioned an article on The Athletic by Laurie a few weeks ago, probably before Christmas, about how, you know, they... They didn't, or they like when Solskjaer was manager or something. They saw Anthony and thought he was worth twenty million, and then like last summer they were like, okay, he's worth more now, but no more than forty-five. And then they ended up paying eighty. You know that kind of stuff. They need structures in place to stop that happening, and then you won't get so many failed signings. But with the stage that City are at, it's not so important to to talk about. It it, it only is that once you start thinking about okay, well, what happens when Pep goes? And uh, nobody knows. Not even not even Guardiola. Um, but that is like that could come at any time, as as anybody knows. Yeah, I think just going back to your analogy as well. I think the uh, the Diaz analogy is quite a quite a good one in the sense of the scale of player that he is as well. Where yes. like you want to go for like Rodri? Yeah, because if you if you take Rodri out of it, it's like saying it's like United nicking Guardiola. If that makes sense, it's like the 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 scale of which things need to move yeah. around and change is huge. Um, whereas that's not to diminish what Diaz does uh, uh, in in the team, but there are other people who can do the same sort of job. And when you look at, um, I mean, just for so that and it's people... not it's not like signing, you know, I think Ake is brilliant. But you know, if you say you're signing Nathan Ake, it kind of downplays 
how good Barada is because yeah, Barada yeah. is like a key figure. But yeah, I, I, I like to think I've pitched it about right. It yeah. took me a while to think of the right player. But when you when you think of of kind of what Barada um, did for City in in terms of his uh, his role and and kind of his input into the squad, um, he's he's the one in the documentaries where he's he always he's always in the meetings with Cheeky and, and Farhan, isn't he? And he's always um, kind of the the ones he 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 was one of the ones that were talking about Van Dijk in the documentary that Amazon did, wasn't he? I think so. I remember. I th- I can't be certain, but I, I know Cheeky definitely, definitely was. Um, but in the and obviously that was ages ago. That was the Amazon one. But obviously yeah, in yeah. the ones that City have done recently, we talked about it before. But they've got Omar and and Cheeky sat in the room, just kind of discussing their business practice and other other clubs' practice and that that who's making money and who isn't and that kind of stuff. And they were, I mean, they were basically as they were basically on the same level in that kind of sporting director side of it. They had different responsibilities. And you know, different qualities as well. You know, I think Cheeky is more of a a football man. Um, you know, he he could spot who a good player is, who will work, who the best young players are, that kind of thing. He is still that. But in terms of doing deals, they did a load of deals together. Barada would strike the deal. So you know, on that kind of business side, but but still football side. You know, Soriano is obviously taking care of all the sponsorships, building the CFG, that kind of thing these days. Um, but Barada was kind of on the same kind of level as Cheeky. But then again, may- maybe that shines a lot on how sim- simplistic it would be to say that when Cheeky goes, Barada could just replace him because you would still then need somebody to see a footballer and go, that could work. You know, it's like it's like with Pep's assistants um, when Arteta left and they had um, Rodolfo Burrell step up. They were like, well, he, he does he does very important jobs um in Guardiola's staff that like, qualifies him to be a number two. But Guardiola wants and needs people who can see a game and go, what do we need here? And they can provide solutions. And they're, they're on the same level as him, which is what he had in Torrent. It's what he had in Arteta. And then that's why they got Juan Marleo in the first time to offer those solutions. And then they ended up finding it in Maresco as well. Um, but it just shows that you can have the same role, but have different strengths within it. And so yeah, yeah. Like, even when Cheeky goes, you know, they'll have to, find somebody with his football brain and you know it kind of shows again people I don't think people necessarily like Cheeky because they believe City should spend more money or be more decisive or whatever it may be um, but it'd obviously be a huge one to replace but by then you would again where I think where the Barada thing becomes most interesting for City is who they replace him with and how capable they are but there's no immediate rush for that because very few people knew it was happening it was a huge surprise but they did um, move the roles around in advance and you know there's not like a big gap in the company at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do wonder if it's a little bit like. Um, do you remember when Vincent Company um, uh, just announced that he was leaving at the end of that season, and it kind of threw the plans into. I, I, in kind of hindsight, it threw the plans into disarray for the nineteen twenty season. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, City went. Well, we're not going to panic. We're not just going to go out there and get somebody that that we don't think is is suitable just because we yeah. need a body. We will take what we, we will use what we have at the moment. We'll move everything around. And then when the time is right, we'll go and get somebody. And then they signed Diaz the following summer, I think. Yeah, it was the following summer. And again, you know, that was kind of third choice. But it goes to show that, yeah, there's there's different levels of, like, calm at City, isn't there? Like, everything's everything's within the calm bracket, but I suppose it's a spectrum. Like, that summer... Um, so that was the summer that they wanted to sign Asia Riesco as the third choice keeper who was Spanish. But then because Otamendi didn't leave... 
and Maguire didn't come, they their non-English quota was full, so they couldn't get the Spanish keeper. Then they got Scott Carson, but because Maguire didn't come, they needed they would have needed to get a homegrown centre back that summer, which. They looked at Johnny Evans, didn't they? Yeah, it's easy to say it's Ake. Well, Evans was twenty eighteen, I think. Oh, was it? in the waters even more? Yeah, um, but it could have been Ake. But like, but anyway, they could only have got a homegrown centre back in twenty nineteen when Maguire didn't come and Otamendi. They couldn't sell him basically. So then they were like, okay, fine. Well, we're not going to panic. We're just going to do this and go into the season. So then the summer after, they were like, well, we we fucking need a centre back now. We didn't replace company. We need to do it. But you know, they went to Kula Valley. And that didn't happen because, you know, Napoli. And then they went to Jules Koundé. <laughs> but even then, you know, in terms of this this sliding spectrum of calm, they were like, well, we need to buy a centre-back this summer. We know we need to get one. But we're not going to go to that for him. And also, I think Sevilla didn't want to take Otamendi. So then it came to Benfica, who would take Otamendi, and the deal was a bit more appealing for City. And they went, OK, we'll get this guy. So they knew they needed to get somebody, but they still weren't going to be rushed into it. Um which, yeah, like you say, you know, I suppose when I make these points, it kind of downplays what I say about it's on the pitch that, that makes a difference at City. But what I mean is you've got that structure and that structure does help on the pitch, obviously, because it kind of trickles down to the players who are available and the fact you've got Guardiola. And look, the fact that Guardiola has stayed for so long and part of the reason he's so comfortable is guys like that and guys like Barada being there because, you know, they're, they're good operators. They make his job easier and they make, they make him comfortable. But... My point is, you could have the same structure. Let's say Guardiola leaves in the summer, and let's say Deserbi comes in, and let's say it's a disaster, or any or any manager comes in. People aren't still talking about how the good the structure, structure is, yeah. or like I don't know. It could go the other way, and maybe I suppose you could see it at United, really. Ferguson goes and then everyone shines a light on how shit everything's been forever and I know David Gill left as well but again how good your structure if one you know if David Gill leaving is the problem how good your structure but nobody was talking about that while Ferguson was there so it's like everything everything's rosy while while the the performances on the pitch are good yeah and then the cows come home to roost when they don't um, exactly but look, I mean obviously they do have a good structure but it, yeah, again yeah. it's it's Guardiola that takes them up these levels like and you know the, the the again talking about city and sponsorship money etc. But like the reason they're such a valuable brand and stuff is it's not just because of the sponsorships and because they got good people in the boardroom or on the on the team's calls, is it? It's because they're winning trophies. Coming up after a short ad break, there'll be more on Omar Barada's decision to leave City for United. See you shortly. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. How's it gone down at City, do you know? Um, in terms of, of uh, like you said, it was a coup for United City, a, a, yeah. a, a feeling quite relaxed. Like it, it was a surprise to them, wasn't it? Yeah, um, the main guys knew. Uh, not for too long, but the main guys knew. I mean, can I just say, so So I was in Barcelona, I was walking down Passage de Gracia on Saturday evening. And I got a WhatsApp call from my editor, and I was like, "Well, an editor," and I was like, "No." <laughs> so I'll see what I'll see what this one's about. And he went, "Oh, sorry, I know I know you're off, but um, it, it's fairly urgent." And I was like, "Go on, what is it?" And he's like, "Don't tell anyone." But David Ornstein's got the oh, my brother's going to United, the CEO. He's like, "But please don't tell anyone." I'm like, Fucking out. Um, and like, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't check. Or message people that I knew who would who would maybe know that at City because then maybe it kind of gets reflected within City that all people know. So I didn't, I didn't. But I was with my wife, so I told her, and we were both like, "That is that's mad! Like that has come out of nowhere." And we were on our way to dinner to meet Paul. So I messaged Paul. And he was, I was like, "Have you had a call from the editor?" He was like, "Yeah, I have." I was like, "Do you know why?" He was like, "No." <laughs> I went, "I went, Omar's going to United." It's like, "Fuck it!" So like, it's a huge shock. People at United didn't really know, like. People high up, like John Murder or whatever, I think. Um, people at City did know high up, but like it would have been a, a very small handful of, you know, like, I don't know, five. Uh, whoever's on that, I don't know, whatever. The board might be slightly bigger, so five to ten or whatever, but a very small amount of people. And obviously it came out of the blue. Um, in terms of how they feel about it, and, you know, this is partly due to, to Paul's work as well, because, you know, I was just parachuted back into it at, two or three o'clock on Monday afternoon. And a lot of good messages have been exchanged already. Paul has done a lot of good work on it. Um, but 
it's all pretty amicable. You know, it's a kind of fair play. He was a good guy. There might be a tinge of, fuck it, why them? From one or two individuals within the club, why did it have to be them kind of thing? Um, but probably more the the businessy people rather than the the warmer operators. Um, and it's just it's just a weird one, isn't it? Like because he was obviously not just a colleague, but like friends to some people. I suppose like Cheeky and Omar would have become very close over the years. You know, they've been working together on transfers for a long time. Um, but I, I feel like it's pretty amicable. But it's a a change in the relationship. You know, like. Arteta and Pep really when Arteta went to Arsenal you know the maybe maybe it's slightly different for them because they can still be warm and friendly and stuff but you don't talk about business in the same way do you because yeah, you've yeah. got in the workings at, at your rivals and that's the thing it's like I don't know it, it'll, it'll feel it's just odd isn't it like I was saying at the start like it, it's not much of a city story because they'll carry on and they'll probably get the replacement right but if they don't you know we'll, we'll see but it just it feels weird to imagine a derby at Old Trafford, or even like the derby at the Etihad in a, in a couple of months, and Barada's wearing like a United blazer. That just feels odd. But I don't know why it does feel odd because like it shouldn't matter too much. But I suppose it just goes to show that he's kind of part of the furniture. But yeah, um, yeah. well, I, everyone, everyone in City was like fair enough. And in terms of like. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go down that road. But you know, it's it's all it's all fine, really. There might be a bit of disappointment from one or two, but it's all amicable. And he got like the thing is, he was popular, and they obviously don't feel like he's done it in the wrong way. But I, I suppose, obviously, going to United in itself is the wrong way. It's our way. Um, that was an office reference for you. There. I thought I had to throw <laughs> it in for the two or three people who'd be expecting it. Um, but yeah, it's, it 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 is what it is. But I mean, interestingly, because. I wasn't really around to see the reaction on kind of Saturday, Sunday, but obviously a load of like City fans feel really pissed off about it, don't they? Which is obviously that that element of, I, I suppose the ones who feel really pissed off with it are the, are the types that would never listen to this <laughs> because of because of who I am and what I supposedly am and that kind of thing. But. I, d- I don't know because um, like there's there's there was deep resentment for Tony Colton when he moved in the nineties, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I get it. It's, I mean, fucking hell. I'm not, I'm not an alien who doesn't understand football rivalries. Um, but yeah, like I say, it, for me, it just feels like this is not a backroom guy. You know what I mean? He's obviously important, as we've already covered. But, but yeah, yeah we're, but we're in a, fair, we're in an era to be fair, of it's football. probably naivety on my part to to be surprised at how much people were like hating him for for doing it. But I mean, it's one of those things. It's a completely normal move to make. You are a very high-ranking, but not the top guy at a top um, business. institution, yeah. business, whatever, and you want to go and take on a better title. And if you are that way inclined, a bigger challenge, because it's obviously a huge challenge at United to get them to the position that City are, and even if they probably won't ever get there, to try to. It's a completely normal thing. And as a human being, you just think, well, yes, that's normal. Fair play, which is kind of what I thought after the shock had died down. But then, obviously, it's not a normal situation, is it? It's football. Like we're we're no, there's podcasts done. There's people going on Sky Sports News and Five Live and whatever to talk about like these backroom appointments. Um, but again, I, I get that more for United because it's a CEO. You know, the CEO of Manchester United is always going to be a big thing, and especially because the last few years, the last ten years. 
and like I say, arguably more if we're talking about David Gill's departure being that impactful. Like the structure can't have been that good. So it's a huge thing. But like for City, is what it is. The world keeps turning. Like fair play, he obviously did a really good job, and um, they'll move on. And like, like I say, I've said it a load of times. But the biggest implication is um, when it comes to replacing the guys once Pep goes or before Pep goes, if they do. Um, yeah, we you know we'll, we'll we'll see where where they're at then. But for now, it's all the best. There is um, kind of the aspects of it, like that. That's what modern football is, though. Now is that you care about the business and you don't care about the team. So that's that's where a lot of the I think a lot of the um, the ill feeling comes from as well. You just you just don't move between City and United, and it's a historic thing. So uh, speaking that's, about uh, like business and fans having to be up on like finances and stuff. Well, I wondered. I, I wondered if you were going to segue it in the way that I was going to segue it. So let's see. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm definitely definitely not, but. I'll put this in as a bit of filler and then we can get to the important stuff in a minute Um, because that's another part of the reaction, isn't it, which I was surprised by, but naively. Um, Our American listeners can probably set me right on this, but in the past I've tried to read stuff about like NBA trades, just like, oh, such and such a player is going to this team. And if you really... Like if you really want to know how they work, and I'd, maybe maybe it's not the case. Maybe you can just look at a trade and go, "This player's gone to this team, and that's it." But like the dynamics of it, it's like you need a degree in accountancy. Like it's it's fully mad. Like to what level you need to be plugged in to understand the like the finances of the NBA team to work out what they can and can't afford. And it's it's probably similar in football, but you can just go. Oh well, you know they they sold X for thirty million, so they must have this in the budget. And we don't really understand how football transfers work, and it's only in the last few years that amortization has come into it and that kind of thing. But it just seems like on NBA, which is this is a complete segue, on NBA, it just seems like there's such a mad level. It's like trying to do a tax return for the first time, and it's like this isn't worth it. I'm just going to wait and see who, who our team signed. Um, so no, I can't imagine that was the point you were going to make. Carry on. No, it wasn't. Um, but as as uh, a man who has had an accountant do his tax return for the first year this year, I am quite relaxed about that attitude. So yeah, uh, yeah, there we are. Um, the no, the, the segue I was going to make um, is obviously the elephant in the room that you know, 25 minutes into this podcast that we haven't mentioned yet is. Um, the context of the charges that City face uh, at the moment, yeah, yeah. because um, there was there was a lot of reaction to this uh, from outside the club on um, I can't I can't remember what date was it broke now was it Friday night Saturday night whichever one Saturday it was night. Um, essentially saying um, he's jumped ship before City are heavily punished he knows something's coming their way the next line of thinking alongside that was well United wouldn't sign someone who was so implicated. Um, and then kind of like the follow-up to that, there was a line in a, in a Times article that got picked up by uh, the United aggregators that was, um, well, if City are found guilty, um, Barada wouldn't be implicated in it by to, to any, any great level. So therefore, United feel comfortable. Um, and then kind of like the galaxy brain take by the end of it was, wouldn't it be such a United thing to do to sign someone who ends up being found guilty of all the charges? Yeah. Um, in terms of that, that thing in the Times, so I mean, they're obviously confident enough to publish that and... I'm not confident in my position on it at all, but I just feel like that can't be right. Like somebody who was like head of sponsorships and partnerships and stuff, but for that kind of period. And, you know, people are saying, oh, well, there's other names on the emails and stuff. It was more like finance and stuff. And it's like, well, how are you attracting these partners in the first place if if the goal is to say, 
come and be our partner. Don't worry, you won't have to pay us any money. Like, how are you selling these part? How, how are you selling the club to these partners? Which was his job. If that's going on, so I, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying City are guilty, obviously, but I'm saying if they are, as has been written, surely he wouldn't to, be sure, involved. Like, yeah, how? Like, I don't know. But obviously, I could I could be wrong. But I, I don't get that at all. Um, I, what's most likely is United don't care. Because it's that kind of thing where we've been talking for so long, and you know, people people always praise um, again. We praise City structure for being really good and going off the pitch; they're brilliant. And like, it's even to the level where, and to be fair, he only ever does this to kind of damn United. But when Gary Neville talks about how good City are, it's all it's it's a structure. He does only ever do it in the context of saying how shit United are. To be fair, but then it's like you'd then have to go back and say, oh, you know, all that all that time we were saying they were really good operation off the pitch while they weren't because they were cheating. But then it's almost like, you know, we said before, like if, if they are found guilty, they're still, they're still sporting achievement in it. I still feel like they are good operators and are good at their jobs, even if there was cheating going on. Um, but, but ultimately... <laughs> good, good luck selling that. I mean, the, yeah, football, well, the football no, exactly, side of things yeah. will be hard enough. Yeah, so, <laughs> once I've, so once I've done the achievement things, I'll, I'll, I'll go down that route. As well. But ultimately, I reckon that might be, that must be what United th- think. They must be like, well, they either think it's not going to be proven they might, because presumably United think they are guilty. Because why the fuck would they have been banging that drum for so long? Um, and whether they think they're going to be found guilty or they can't be found guilty because it's too difficult to prove, um, they probably just don't care. Because in reality, so we know what happens. Um, we know what happens if City are found guilty in but terms of well, they might a, get relegated. But yeah. what happened to the individuals? They're not going to prison. Like our other teams never going to hire them. We've got we've got like we've got far more significant like real world crimes being committed or like in the kind of court of public opinion realm, and they still go to you know, the players and they'll go to other clubs. Like, are you telling me these officials aren't gonna aren't gonna go and get other jobs? Um, you know, like in Soriano's case again, if 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 City so are found guilty, you might not have to go and get another job anyway because he's kind of built everything and that's it. Um, you know, maybe he feels that that kind of Guardiola defiance, and he kind of stays throughout the relegation years or whatever. But like, I just feel like look, this is business, and at the end of the day, like, if you feel like you've got a good guy there, then you bring him in anyway. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is more for members on this episode, though. Go to lmtpod.com if you want to sign up for longer ad-free episodes. Uh, what are members got in this one, Sam? Yeah, um, Guardiola's future, some theories on that, and why theories don't always make sense, especially with Guardiola. Um, Deserby, and we've got um, an email to look at too. That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, so just search for lmtpod on there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.